What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today, we are going to talk with Turn on the Jets contributor, Matt Giannessis, about Sam Darnold and where he currently stands right now as the New York Jets quarterback for this year and looking towards the future. Uh, Matt covers the Jets for us on TOJ. He was under or is still under Jets opinion uh, on Twitter and has always been, like many of us Jet fans, a strong Sam uh, optimist. So we wanted to kick around some different opinions and perspectives about uh, quarterback number 14 now that we're seven games into the season, uh, yet with a win, but still seven games into the season. As a reminder, this podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, we also have a subscription ad-free podcast available at Patreon at patreon.com backslash Badlands TOJ hosted by myself and Connor Rogers that has weekly episodes. Make sure to check that out. $3 a month. You get a podcast every week. You get an article every week and you're about to start getting a lot more in terms of draft coverage and uh, a wider range of content since it's basically draft season already, and that is Connor's bread and butter. So there'll be no shortage of content there at patreon.com backslash Badlands T-O-J. All right, Matt, how you doing? We're seven weeks in. We're all in seven. I think we talked before the season about the Jets offense and the Jets wide receivers. What was your exp- – if, if, when we had that conversation back in August, if someone asked you in August – what do you think the Jets' record will be after seven games, and what do you think their record's going to be this year? Where would you have netted out on that? Oh, man. Uh, so my, my heart from the beginning was, was telling me this isn't going to be a good season. There, there wasn't too much you could expect going into the year with Adam Gase. But, I mean, I always, I always end up getting pulled back in and just convincing myself that we have the pieces in place. So, I think I ended up saying that the team is going to finish about seven and nine. So through seven games, um, I, I mean, maybe three and four uh, sounds about right. But uh, 0-7 was not something I was expecting at all. But uh, by the time we got to about 0-3, it became evident what this year was becoming. So uh, the past few weeks have just been no surprise now. We, we go in, we play forfeited football, and it's over. It's, it's almost like you're uh, scrolling through Twitter. Uh, for content over just watching the game at that point. It, it's tough to get there. Yeah, it's definitely been, uh, I would say, since most starts touchdown run on the first play of the game uh, in week two, it's kind of <laughs> been uh, autopilot football for this team. And once in particular when they lost to Denver with Brett Rippin out there, uh, and then even this week where they really – Buffalo, I think, kind of laid an egg and the Jets weren't able to take advantage of it. Now nine games left, you have the – games against the Chiefs, the Rams, the Seahawks, two against the Patriots. And yes, I know the Patriots have looked like crap this year. I still don't think uh, – I'm not worried about them being the tank busters for us, if anything. So 0-7, Sam has started five of the seven games. He just returned last week against Buffalo. Had a pretty good first half, I would say, especially on their touchdown drive. Second half, the wheels kind of came off. And now he's at the spot where he's had five starts this year. He only has three passing touchdowns. He's got six interceptions. His completion percentage has dropped under 60. His yards per attempt is somewhere in the fives. It's last in the NFL. This will be his 32nd start upcoming against the Chiefs, two full seasons worth of games. Unless something 
assuming he plays at the rate he's been playing for the rest of the year, I think when we look at his statistical output for those 32 games, it's going to be hard to say that it's not disappointing, even with the context that he has been set up to fail in every way possible by this organization. Um, It's a hard thing to balance in that he's gotten the short end of the stick here, but he is also still not playing well enough. And both of those things can be true at once. And this is a unique year in that there is a quarterback prospect who's considered the slam dunk number one pick in Trevor Lawrence. There are two other prospects in Justin Fields and Trey Lance who are considered top five worthy by most people and probably will end up going in the top five. Sam, this is his third year. The Jets obviously have decisions to make about his contract, although the value of that is probably, you know, substantially lower than what we were talking about at this time Last year, there's rumblings about a trade, which I don't think is going to happen in the next couple of days before the trade deadline. But after the season, if the Jets do draft a quarterback and hire a new coaching staff, that does seem like something that realistically could happen. You, big Darnold guy, what, what are your thoughts at with him right now and what you've seen from him this season? So before the season, if you were to tell me that going into week eight, um, we were talking about, almost definitely moving on from Sam. I mean, there, there's a chance he's the guy here next year, but I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, there's a good, a good chance that he's not. Uh, if we look at his, his – all right, so we're going to look at his career stats for a second. He's Right now, he actually dropped below 60% career. 219 yards per game, 39 touchdowns, 34 interceptions. So, like you said, just underwhelming, disappointing. And context matters, of course. So, I mean, he's been in an awful situation in terms of offensive line, in terms of wide receiver, in terms of having a defensive head coach, then having an offensive head coach who doesn't know about offense. But context can only go so far. I mean, he, he you need to have better stats than that at this point. Um, I still, man, I still kind of hold on to it. He's like the baby for, for New York Jets fans. He, we feel like we grew up with him, um, rooting for him. We, we always kind of, Gave him the benefit of the doubt, but this season, especially the last few weeks since he's came back, you're just kind of waiting for that moment like, okay, he, he, he's the guy, he, and we're just not getting it. He's regressing big time, and uh, it's sad to see, but like you said with Trevor Lawrence, when you have a guy coming out, and then you also have two others in Fields and Lance uh, at such high pedigree, you, you can't look away from that. As a matter of fact, you kind of have to expect that that's the move you're going to make at this point. It's been crazy how quickly it's kind of, you know, fell off a cliff here. I think I generally expected Darnold to have comparable statistical output to last year, if not like five to 10% better. And that would have been enough in my mind for him to definitely be the guy in year four, because if that was the case, it would be hard to see the Jets not win like four games at least. And if they do that, then you're picking seventh, eighth, ninth, maybe. And we're not really having this discussion. And, you know, he, I think he, I forget the exact numbers. I think he had 19 touchdowns and 13 interceptions last yes, year. Yeah. Nothing, nothing insane, but nothing like terrible either. Uh, you know, maybe he was like a bottom 10 statistical quarterback, but there were fair caveats around that. Now, this is a different thing where you're really like the 32nd or 33rd statistical quarterback in the NFL. And even though stats don't tell the full story, we, we always knew that the Jets this year, on paper, we're built to be a five to seven win team 
if they were going to be better than that, it was because Darnold played above and beyond and made that big leap. If they were going to be worse than that, it was going to be because either he got hurt or the bottom sort of fell out on his growth. So we've kind of seen mostly, a, you know, most of the latter so far and why we're 0-7. And it's hard at this point because the clock's ticking, right? There's nine games left. There's only so much he could practically do in these nine games uh, to turn things around, uh, especially with the team around him that very much still may be selling before the trade deadline and the remaining schedule uh, that they're looking at. So the question now sort of becomes, and this is going to be all Jet fans fight about now for the next couple months is uh, what happens with him after the season. Um, You know, if they don't get the first pick, which I do think they will, how do they handle quarterback? That's a much more interesting nuanced conversation in my mind than what they do with the first pick. I I do think first pick is kind of a slam dunk decision and you're not going to pass on Lawrence, especially at the rate Darnold's going this year where I mean, what do you think Darnold gets in the trade market? And do you think there's any question that you take Trevor Lawrence if you're picking first overall? Uh, well, I, if I'm picking first overall right now, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. I, I mean, p- people are saying what best prospects since Luck or Manning. And just the state of the Jets, given that Darnold's rookie contract is run, running up, so it just resets the rookie contract. I think it's just a no-brainer. That's what you do. Um, especially when you're trying to draw in a head coach at this point because the Jets will clearly be looking for a new head coach next year. And if you're giving a head coach his guy instead of forcing Sam on him, uh, you're giving him New York, Trevor Lawrence, you know, a competent GM as we think. We don't know for sure yet. It just that whole package makes the deal seem much more takeable for a head coach. Uh, so I think that's the move for sure if you go at one. We're hearing, uh, you know, the rumblings that got to national media, how somebody asked Lawrence at a presser if, he would consider going back to Clemson. And uh, we hear him saying nothing's off the table. But, I mean, as long as Archie Manning isn't his advisor, uh, which he, he did with Peyton, he did with Eli, I think we're good. I mean, if you're going to a team first overall, uh, the team's not going to be a good football team. I don't know. I, this narrative that uh, there are so many better spots than, than New York for the number one pick uh, kind of <laughs> blew me away. Uh, just, number one, it's New York. And then they have the, what, 13 picks in the first three rounds of the next three years, four firsts in the next two. So I don't see Trevor going back to college. I don't think that's a thing that'll happen. But uh, to answer your question, right now, if I was a GM, as much as it hurts me to say, and I, I still, like, I'm shaking my head as I say it, but I, I would take Lawrence one, de- definitely. Yeah, it's tough at this point to say anything otherwise. And I don't, I know Jet fans like to get worked up about it. I don't see any scenario where Lawrence goes back to school or where he forces his way of not going to the Jets. I think that is some stuff that's, I think, a little too over the top in terms of being hysterical about if you're a Jets fan. Every team who's in the running to pick in the top few picks is a bad situation. Theoretically, the Jets are going to have a totally bare, uh, you know, a clean cupboard and a fresh start, right? A new coaching staff, a ton of cap space more draft picks than I believe just about any team in the NFL, four first round picks over the next two years, 13 in the first three rounds. Joe Douglas seems to have a relative amount of respect around the NFL, something I don't think McCagden really had. So you get the coaching hire, right? I don't see it as a worse situation than, you know, Jacksonville or some of these other teams that are going to be in the mix for the first overall pick. So before we wrap and, and tie a bow on this, want to remind you guys that between the NFL, college ball, and MLB playoffs, 
There's no shortage of games to watch, and with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, you could turn your game day into payday with MyBookie. If you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. And don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value. The Jets don't have a ton of value against the Chiefs this weekend. Don't bet on them. The thing about the NFL is that underdogs are never really underdogs on Sunday. Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do too. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up at MyBookie, and when you do, use our promo code OVERTIME to claim a deposit, match dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code overtime for you to claim your bonus when you make your first deposit. Stack UFC cards, presidential prop bets, and all the major sports. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. So nine games left. We did get to see some nice flashes from Becton and, and Mims against Buffalo in particular. That one drive was probably the only relatively exciting thing that's happened so far this season. Uh, is there anything else in particular that you're watching for over these final nine games? And do you think they are going to go 0-16? Uh, so in terms of what I'm watching for, obviously, like you said, uh, Becton and Mims. What else I'm looking for is, honestly, fantasy football plays at this point. Uh, Jameson Crowder has been a, a guy that I've had the last couple of years. So that's something that you look for, even though he might be one of the guys that we're uh, looking to move since we're going to be sellers before the deadline. Uh, something else that I've been pretty interested in is watching Bryce Huff play, who's been a huge bright spot for the team, uh, UDFA, um, from, I believe Kentucky, but he's, uh, he's been good. He's up there in total pressures for a rookie overall right now. And as a UDFA, obviously that's always a good thing. Um, I want to see by the end of the year, Zuniga start to get on the field and get healthy. I'd like to see Cameron Clark get on the field and replace Josh Andrews at some point because really what are we doing with Andrews out there? There's, there's no future with him. And, I mean, when you're 0-7, let's, let's see what we have at this point. Um, I'd like to see Ashton Davis. So, really, let's, the whole draft class, I'm just looking forward to watching them play. And there's not much other than that to be excited for. You could say um, Chris Herndon, maybe watch him try to bounce back because he's had a very rough season so far in terms of getting opportunities and then when he does get the opportunities what happens a lot of drops so there are things to watch for but I mean overall it's it's an unwatchable team so I'm I completely understand if you want to turn off the tv uh do I think the Jets are going 0-16 yes I do I, <laughs> I was looking at the schedule I it, it's really at the point where New England might be the most winnable game for the Jets and that's not a winnable game I can forget Belichick was the guy that literally trolled Adam Gase on the field last year with, with um, that maneuver he pulled and you saw him laughing on the sideline. It became a meme. Uh, so, I mean, if that's your most winnable game at this point, I don't think you're, you're winning a football game. So 0-16 seems super possible to me. And if it gets you the number one pick at this point and you're accepting that we're moving on from Sam and, and getting Trevor, I, you don't want your team to go 0-16, but, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, pragmatically, the season's over, right? They're all in seven. Uh, it is weird to – I agree. It's weird to confidently say that you think they're going to go in 16. And I get 
you know, the text and the outreach from people at week is I think the Jets have a decent chance this week. They're, they can't go in 16. I'm like, yeah, they really can. I watch all their games. They really, they really can go in 16. Uh, this was the most competitive. Again, I guess Denver kind of counts, but Denver, you played a third string quarterback making his first career start on a short week and lost by nine points. You know, the Buffalo game, Buffalo missed two field goals, fumbled in the red zone and played like crap. And the Jets still lost by eight in a fairly non-competitive game. They're not going to keep getting teams like C and D game like they did against Arizona. And even, even I would say Miami and Buffalo, you know, you just look at these games and I just think they're going to struggle against New England's defense. And I, I can't fathom that Cam will continue playing this bad uh, unless he's hurt, which maybe he is. But I'm certainly not betting on that being the team. You know, I know a couple people circle the, the Raiders game because of what happened last year. Raiders do seem to be better this year. I mean, they did beat the Chiefs. Um, and the Dolphins beat the crap out of the Jets with Fitzpatrick on their center. And I think Tua should and will be an upgrade for them, uh, even if he has some rookie road bumps. And outside of that, uh, I don't see anything that's you know remotely winnable. It's just a matter of how bad did they lose to Seattle and the Rams and the Chiefs and some of these other teams. So it is weird to think that this is a, a good possibility. I would say it's a better possibility than not. But with how bad they are and how clear of a situation it is that this locker room is fully out on this coaching staff who's just doing like aimless things of shuffling around who's calling the plays and who's what coach is fighting with who every single week, trading guys like McClendon, cutting Bell, guys who were more leaders in that locker room. It's just hard to see them sort of rally and, you know, do anything. Now, anything could happen any week. Could I see them like sneaking out a game? Sure. But I, I think more than that is insane. So I think it's zero or one. Uh, we know in a vacuum yeah. of this week, they're going to lose to the Chiefs no matter what. So um, that's kind of basically it. So let's assume the Jets go in 16. About a month after the season, they trade Sam Darnold for a second round pick to the Colts and they draft Trevor Lawrence. How are you going to look back on these, these Sam years of 2018, 2019, and 2020? Uh, I'm going to look back at them as just sad football for, for a multitude of reasons. One, because I still truly believe Darnold could succeed. So if you look back at drafting a guy so early and having a guy that has talent and can succeed and then failing to surround him, uh, it's just disappointing. And then the Adam Gase era, it's just, just sad football. So it's, it's just going to be a depressing time period to look back on, a time that uh, there was hope for a short, a short little period there, but uh, just nothing to, uh, nothing to really remember. Other than, you know, maybe Darnold's first game where you're a 48-17 and against uh, the Lions, but um, just not too much. And, and I, want to, uh, I want to say quickly, too, when it comes to Darnold, I, I think the Jets should move on from him at this point. And, I mean, what he does from now on, it's going to probably be too little too late. Um, but right now, if he, if he, I said earlier, he's 39 touchdowns, 34 interceptions. <laughs> comparing him to some some Hall of Famers here right now. But Favre at this point in his career at 37 to 39, Breeze 29 to 31. So it's not it's not insane to think that it, he could revive himself somewhere else. Um, and I, I, I really do think he will at some point. It's just it's it might be better to move on for both people. But when when for both uh, parties. But when looking back at, at these years, yeah, sad I think is the, the best term to describe it. Sad feels like the yeah appropriate adjective. And I do think, is he going to 
I think he'll have a second act somewhere. It might not happen immediately, but I do think he will. Uh, you're seeing what's happening with Ryan Tannehill right now, who, who, you know, people were making some jokes in the playoffs last year. Like, well, he's actually not really that much of a different player. Like, he's a different player. He Over his 16 starts, he's like one of the three or four <laughs> best statistical quarterbacks in the NFL. Every game, he's throwing three or four touchdowns. Like, he's a different player. So, could Sam do that yeah. if he lands in the right situation? Yeah, I think so. Uh, do I think it's unfortunately run its course here? Yeah, I do. And it is sad and it's a shame because I was excited. We were all excited. It's exciting to have a new franchise quarterback who I think was drafted in the appropriate spot and had a couple early flashes and early success. And um, the Jets, they ultimately botched the key hire they had to make, right? You know, they the move to make was to fire Bowles and McCagnan at the same time and rebuild the organization properly around Darnold, and they flubbed it. They kept McCagden longer. He botched the head coaching hire, and here we are. And it's a kind of a chain reaction, and all that stuff indirectly really hurt Sam Darnold's chance to succeed here. And unfortunately, they're going to have to cut bait and hopefully do it right this time in that Douglas is better at leading the search, and you know we're not having the same conversation three years from now about Lawrence. So – that wraps this week's episode. We will be back next week with another episode. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Jets Opinion. Again, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play for the Turn on the Jets podcast. Patreon, Badlands, backslash, backslash Badlands TOJ for the subscription pod. Everyone make sure to get out and vote, and we will talk to you next week.